Hello, everyone, and neither welcome or welcome back to the Gender Libertarian Podcast. If you do like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and on my Patreon page where you do get early access and exclusive content. Link will be down in the show notes. So I know I'm a little late on this, but I did want to make an episode about this. And the this in question, obviously, you've already read the title of the episode, but I want to talk about the rally that happened in Richmond, Virginia this past Monday on Martin Luther King Day. And I'm sure everybody already knows about the rally. I mean, I, I don't imagine any of you live under a rock, but I, what I wanted to talk about specifically was the lead up to the rally and then the aftermath as far as how this was reported in the media. And so just in case you weren't aware of what was going on, um, in Virginia, there has been a brewing situation where the Virginia state legislature is trying to pass all of these different gun laws that lead anywhere to gun confiscation. You've got red flag laws. You've got laws saying that you can only buy one firearm a month. Basically, laws that would infringe upon Virginians' Second Amendment rights. So the the buildup to this protest has been probably at least a month, six weeks in the making. So... Anyway, we get to Monday, we get to MLK Day, which I I only say that just as basically a timestamp, because apparently also that is the day that traditionally speaking, groups go to Richmond to lobby their state Congress for whatever issue it is that they advocate for. So it's lobby day. It wasn't specifically done on Martin Luther King Day as any kind of slight to Martin Luther King, although I would very well imagine that If Martin Luther King was alive and he saw these gun laws, he would probably protest them too because Martin Luther King definitely obviously preached nonviolence, but wasn't an idiot, owned firearms, had armed bodyguards, tried to get a concealed weapon permit, which he was denied for obvious reasons due to the time in which he lived. It wasn't exactly something like black people could just get concealed carry permits, even though he had already had credible threats on his life. Anyway... So this happens. And so the lead up to the the gun rally, the gun protest, the gun, whatever you want to call it, the, the, two, the 2A rally, we'll, we'll settle on that. So in the press, somehow or another, this got twisted into not being a Second Amendment protest or a Second Amendment rally, but somehow white supremacy. Like somehow this was like a white supremacist gathering because you have white men with guns. And of course you had the obvious sort of parallels to Charlottesville because obviously anytime anything happens now, we have to compare it to Charlottesville, which what happened in Richmond is nowhere near what happened in Charlottesville. And it was never billed as anything like that. Ostensibly in Charlottesville, they were supposed to be there to be protesting the tearing down of Confederate statues, and then that turned into what that turned into. What happened in Richmond is solely billed as a 2A rally. So, again, it's it's just this, this framing that came out even before anybody even showed up. Before they, I mean, just off the rip, like nobody knew who the hell was going to show up to this thing. But it it was just immediately, oh, they're white supremacists. Oh, they're angry white men. Which setting aside the complete unfairness of that framing, 
I want to point out that every time the media does this, whenever they want to make 2A issues be about white people or angry white men, what they're doing is erasing people of color and women from the conversation. The groups of people that progressives swear up and down that we have to listen to, whose voices we have to raise up, get completely erased from this conversation. And I mean, like, we don't exist. Like, we don't even exist to be mocked. We don't even exist to be told that, oh, you have internalized white supremacy or internalized misogyny. We don't exist. We don't get discussed at all, which is just another example of how progressives love people of color and love women and even going beyond that, love the LGBT community and love the trans community until somebody says or does something that they don't approve of. And then all of a sudden, it's like we fell off the face of the fucking earth. So it, it, it's just, it's it's one of those things that is worth pointing out every time it happens because it just displays the hypocrisy of saying that you care about people of color's voices and women's voices, but only when they're saying something that you like. And then when they say something that you don't like, all of a sudden it's like, poof, it's like they never existed. And yes, of course, at Richmond, there were people of color and there were women. Of course, because 2A is not strictly a white male issue. It's an everybody issue. And in fact, it should be an even bigger issue for people of color and for women because those are the two groups of people who disproportionately need two-way protections. These are the people who need to be able to arm themselves because these are the people who, whether you believe in the, the progressive intersectionality thing or you take a more reality-based approach to things, these are the groups of people who are most endangered. These are the people who need the most protection. So... Completely erasing people of color and women from this conversation just does such a massive disservice to both groups of people. And like I said, it deserves pushback every time it happens because it's just, it's nuts. So anyway, we have all this lead up to it. And so the event takes place on Monday and thank God, thank God, nobody injured, nobody, nothing, nothing bad happened. Everything went off fine. It was peaceful. You had, I think, two people arrested for face coverings, but I mean, there, there was no clashes. There was nothing between protesters and the police or protesters and counter-protesters, which a lot of people were incredibly nervous about. And I will admit I was too, not necessarily from like the agent provocateur, infiltrator, starting things sort of aspect, but I get very nervous when the police who have a certain mandate and itchy trigger fingers show up places. It just makes me very nervous, especially when there's other people with guns at that place. And it's like, but everything was fine. Everything went off without a hitch. It, and it was, I think it was roughly about 22,000 people that showed up and kind of the distribution of how this went down is because Governor Northam issued this state of emergency leading into this, which this, this shit right here, this shit right here, but we will get to that in a second. He's, he issued a state of emergency. And so the only way you could get onto the Capitol grounds was if you were unarmed. 
So the vast majority of people who showed up did end up staying off the Capitol grounds because they did show up armed, obviously. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it was fine. Nothing, nothing bad happened. Thank God. It Apparently, even the protest was even like cleaned up after themselves. Like they didn't even leave a mess. Like, but and, and so the aftermath of this reporting wise. There's so many people who were so, so, so mad that nothing happened. <laughs> I I laugh and it's not funny. It's genuinely not funny because all of a sudden, once nothing happened, once no counter protesters showed up, it wasn't any kind of clashes between Antifa and the 2A crowd or anybody else. There was no violence. There was certainly no guns being fired. There was no bloodshed. Everything was fine. So obviously the first narrative went out the window. So you got to invent a second narrative, right? Because you still have to write your piece and you can't just say like, oh, well, shit. Um, sorry, guys, we were wrong about you and we kind of smeared you. And so our bad. No, we, we got to twist this into being something that it wasn't. So kind of the, the first iteration was that, well, uh, it, it, there, nothing bad happened, but that's because no no counter protesters showed up. So, so yeah. And I'm just like, well, yeah. When nobody shows up to agitate people and to start confrontations with people, then no, nothing bad happens. That's how that works. Yeah. But apparently this is somehow indicative of the fact that, of course, these people were so violent people with guns, but just but for the grace of God and the fact that no counter protesters showed up, nothing bad happened. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what a horrible way to treat people. What what a bad faith way to try to engage this as basically portraying these people as people who showed up looking to shoot somebody but just didn't have anybody to shoot. Which, if you know anybody who has guns, and especially people who do carry on a daily basis, you know that the last thing anybody wants at any point in their life is to have to draw down on someone or to shoot someone. That's like the worst case scenario. You've you've extinguished every other possible option in front of you to not have to do that. So it, it just, it's this bizarre framing of gun owners and of people who carry as people who just want to go shoot people. And I was like, that's not true at all. Like, that's not how this works. And anybody who's a responsible gun owner knows that. So we, we had that. And then from there, we pivoted over here to everybody's favorite progressive punching bag, or at least should be everybody's favorite progressive punching bag, because she's constantly saying the stupidest shit. Um, Talia Levin was apparently there during the rally and wrote a piece for Slate where, my God, you would have thought this woman went to like Syria or something, where it was just so awful. And there was all these people with guns and I kept bumping into them. And I'm just like, Oh no, I'm so sorry this is happening to you. I'm so sorry an AR touched you. I know, I'm sure this must be so fucking traumatic that this inanimate object that nobody was using to threaten you in any way, shape, or form 
accidentally touched you because you went someplace that was incredibly crowded and full of people who were armed. Oh my God. And even, even as much as she tried to bend this into being something, the best she could come up with was a counter protester got arrested for wearing a face covering, which that's illegal in Virginia. You can't go to a protest with a face covering. So, but apparently this protester was told three times by cops, like, okay, no, you got to take off the face covering. She refused to do it. And so they eventually arrested her. And that's the worst thing that she could possibly find other than to just be like, I, I felt very uncomfortable there. And I, it, it just made me very nervous and just the, in, in, in the people, the other people who were going to show up to, to do things were silenced because of this other group of people. And just, the fact that there were guns there was violence, which that, that, ooh. How the fuck are you going to say that an event where no violence happened is somehow a display of violence? What the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. No violence happened. All the guns, no violence happened, but somehow it's still an act of violence. I'm just like, are you kidding me with this? And the whole reason, the whole reason why nobody else showed up to Lobby Day had nothing to do with the people there at the 2A rally. What it was is because the governor decided to declare a state of emergency and it scared the shit out of everyone. The only person who escalated this situation at any point was Governor Northam by declaring a state of emergency. There was no reason for that. No reason other than hyped up media reports and, I don't know, some ridiculous fucking notion that he got in his damn head. That's it. That's the only person who created this situation. There was nobody at that rally who was like, other people can't come to Lobby Day. I'm sure they would have been perfectly fine with other people coming to Lobby Day. I don't think they would have gave a shit if other people came to Lobby Day. If the other people chose to stay away because the governor overreacted and issued a state of emergency, that's not on them. That's on Northam. And I really don't understand why there aren't more people pissed off at him about this because that was some bullshit. That was some honest to God bullshit. You really declared a state of emergency because of a 2A rally. Really. Really. And I just, I... This this whole situation was just, I mean, it shouldn't be surprising. It, it shouldn't be. But it's just another example of just how low people will go. I mean, like, I think there were people who genuinely wanted a body count. There were people who wanted to see blood because it would have proved their point that gun owners are bad, nasty, scary people who are just looking to hurt other people. And then when they didn't get that, you had to come up with all this other bullshit. And it's just like, are you fucking for real? Are you for real with this? But of course they're for real with this because it's pushing an agenda. It's pushing an anti-gun agenda. And it doesn't matter that the people that showed up were fine. Fine. Nothing happened. Just people standing around with guns, talking to other people with guns. And yeah, that's about it. And then it's still, still, when you have the empirical evidence that these people are not violent people, you still want to frame them as violent people. What is wrong with you? What has gone wrong in your head? 
I mean, at best, even if you don't agree with people having ARs or whatever, which is still stupid, people can have ARs. Uh, there's nothing in the Constitution that says you can't. There was apparently somebody there who had a freaking grenade launcher, which, hey, whatever, you got the money, go for it. Get the grenade launcher. But it's just, it's, it, it's just, it's so disingenuous and it's so sad. And there's so many people that fall for it. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. It's just, and I, and I know it's going to happen again. And it's always going to be portrayed because now apparently like, White supremacy is the thing that you call everything that you don't like. Like, <laughs> I, I think it was Slate. No, maybe it was Guardian who was promoting a, a piece that they had on their site that somehow tradwives were a symbol of white supremacy. And I'm just like, oh, my God, white supremacy is going to become the new Nazi. Watch it's, it. Remember when everything I didn't like was Nazism? Now it's going to be white supremacy. Because, I mean, that's it's fucking absurd. There's nothing white supremacist about a 2A rally. 2A is for everybody. Even you. Even if you're not an angry white man. It's still for you. It's especially for you, actually. But the kind of the last thing I wanted to touch on, and I know, I already know the answer to the question, but I will ask it anyway. And that is, why is it that 2A rallies have to be covered this way? Because think about it. Sub out... I mean, put in any other amendment, put in the First Amendment or the third or the fourth or the fifth or the sixth or whichever one. And imagine if people would lose their shit for people protesting to retain their Fifth Amendment rights. Like, would I mean, that that would be something that I would think everybody could get behind, right? Or just protesting your First Amendment rights. Although that's a particularly touchy subject now, too, apparently. Uh, 1A and 2A. I, anyway. But it, it's just, I think it's a, a useful framing because 2A rights are no different than any of your other constitutional rights. And so the same way that people have the right to hold rallies and to hold protests in response to anybody infringing upon any of their other constitutional rights... You most certainly have the right to do that for your two-way rights, too. I mean, it's it's no different. It's, it's no different than having your freedom of speech or freedom of religion or your right to due process or your right to privacy or your right to not have to quarter soldiers in your home or your right to not be a slave, although there are certain exceptions that do apply to that. But it's 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 just so... It's such a loaded topic, and I know I know a lot of people have seized on it, especially every time you have a mass shooting or something happens with guns, all of a sudden, it's the guns. And it's like, no, it's the people. It's the people. It's not the inanimate object. But everybody just, I don't know. Like, the Second Amendment has become this bizarre boogeyman for some people, and I just, I don't thoroughly understand it. Like, even if you personally choose not to own weapons, that's your business. That's fine. But why does that give you any kind of right to tell somebody else that they can't? Like, it's right there in the Constitution that you can. And I don't, I don't understand this. Like, it's, it's a, it's such a bizarre line of thinking to me, but I understand that people think this way. And it's just, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Like, why wouldn't you just leave people alone. Like, if you don't agree with it, just don't participate. But you don't get the shit on other people who do. 
I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. But I did want to go ahead and make this short episode about that particular situation that happened because, of course, it does need to be addressed. And there's probably some stuff I'm forgetting and skipping over because I am a little pressed for time for doing this. But like I said, I just wanted to get this out there and kind of get that off my chest and really just be mad at the media, which I do a lot, because this was just particularly egregious. I mean, smearing people both before and after the fact, it's just, it's so, it's ridiculous. And the media wonders why certain people reject them and don't listen to them anymore. And it's because of shit like this. It's like, what, I mean, you just call a group of people a bunch of violent white supremacists who were neither violent nor particularly white supremacists, but you, you felt free to call them that no matter what, before, before anybody even showed up, before a, a single person showed up in Richmond on lobby day, you already made up your decision about who you thought was going to be there. And you ran stories based around that calling people white supremacists. Like you don't just ring that bell. That's not just something you call somebody. Like what the hell is wrong with these people? I, if you don't like it, don't like it. Just leave people alone. It's not, I, I just, I don't understand people needing to be so goddamn involved in what other people want to do. Anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Like I said, it is short, but I just wanted to address this. So as always, if you did make it this far, thank you for listening. And if you do like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and on my Patreon page. Take care and until next time.